This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Trudeau government was recently told by its own experts that quarantine hotels weren't working and that they should just abandon the policy. And the reaction to this was to double down and increase fines. And now we learn that the uh, liberals have invoked cabinet confidentiality over this decision making by shutting down all debate on the issue. Seems to be a theme with them these days. But then it goes further than that. This means that it blocks judges and lawyers from seeing information that might be relevant to cases before the courts right now. And right now, there are four similar but separate challenges of Canada's quarantine hotel rules. And there are literally thousands of pages of documents that have been filed, including testimony of some of Canada's top COVID-19 response officials. And what this means is that um, the secrecy will stop lawyers and judges from seeing what went into the the policy or the decision-making process. Kind of hard to fight your case if you've got, you know, one hand tied behind your back. Let's bring in Jeffrey Rath to this conversation. He is a constitutional law expert at Rath & Company. He is also representing one of the four cases in the courts right now. Good to have you, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me back on. You are representing a CEO, and I remember talking to you about this fella. He is the CEO of a cannabis company uh, who was away when the rules came in and, of course, refused to stay at one of these quarantine hotels because basically he felt it was a a charter challenge of his rights. So this secrecy, how do you see this even? um, How do let me ask you how you see this, first of all? Well, I mean, it just reminds me of uh, that time that Trudeau molested that reporter in the Kootenays. I mean, any time he does something really dirty, he doesn't want anybody to see it. You know, so, I mean, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, he's infringing the rights of an entire country, and he doesn't have the decency and he doesn't have the gut to at least do it in a transparent manner so that people can see what went on, you know, in the decision-making. I mean, they're making all these ridiculous excuses you know, for the COVID hotels, like, oh, well, if we lock people up for three days and uh, if they test positive before they go home, maybe they'll be more careful and maybe they'll follow the law more. You know, it's like minority report garbage where, you know, you're locking people up on the suspicion they might break the law. I mean, it's completely ludicrous and it doesn't it doesn't mesh at all with the charter. Well, no, I mean, it, it further limits your ability to to uh, challenge cases, including your own. Um, you know, to be able to prove that the decision uh, to your client was arbitrary, that there was, you know, it takes away the presumption of innocence. You basically can't, um, you know, fight your case against the government. Well, I mean, you know, what we told the court is that there has to be a really strong adverse inference drawn, you know, against the government when they're relying on, you know, a bunch of bureaucrats after the fact making up phony justifications for why it is the cabinet did what they did. I mean, at the end of the day, I still strongly suspect that the hotel, you know, uh, incarceration rules, you know, were designed entirely as a disincentive to people traveling. And I think after, 
uh, you know, Trudeau snuck out of the country and came back from his Caribbean vacation at Christmas, he realized that, you know, he and other politicians weren't going to be able to take holidays anymore without being hung, drawn, and quartered. So he decided that, you know, because he can't take a nice beach vacation on Agacon's private island, nobody else should be allowed to take a vacation, whether they're healthy, whether they've been vaccinated, um, you know, or and it's not just vacations. I mean, you know, people with sick parents overseas. I mean, I just spoke to a woman. It was a horror show. This poor 69-year-old woman came back from Europe after dealing with her sick 105-year-old mother, and she's scared to death by being locked up by herself without her medication at the Toronto Pearson you know, Airport Incarceration Hotel. I mean, it's just appalling, and there's no reason for it. Because people come through yeah. a land border, they're given, they're given test kits, they're told to go home. So why aren't people at the airport simply given test kits and told to go home? And what we heard from the government lawyers this week, it's because somehow or other, um, you know, that uh, they might break quarantine or they might break the law. And they're relying on some stupid study that was done in Alberta that showed that as much as, you know, one to five percent of people didn't perfectly quarantine. To which my response is, so what? You know, that you, that, you, know, that you don't this precautionary principle that the government's talking about, you know, we don't lock people up on the basis that they might do something. Otherwise, every parent in this country would be applauding as every pedophile in this country was locked up for life. You know, it's not, you know, it's not charter compliant. You can't do it. It's illegal. Yeah, and look, we don't know if Mr. Trudeau went away uh, for Christmas. We certainly know there were an awful lot of uh, rumors about that, but I've got uh, to be the... the, the professional here and, and, and say that on record uh, before they call my office. But, but the bottom line is, uh, Jeffrey, um, we know that there are loopholes to this law. We know that people are crossing the border one way or another. We know that there have been several exemptions. I think there's 88,000 people who have been exempted from these orders. And so it's very selective as to who has to do it and who doesn't have to do it. And I suspect once this pandemic is over, uh, there will be several more charter challenges of all sorts on all sorts of image, uh, you know issues because a number of civil rights have been breached during this pandemic at the provincial and federal level. Um, but with this particular rule, I mean, their experts told them this is bad policy. It doesn't address the issue and it makes no sense. You should back off of it. And what we've seen is this doubling down. And now they've shut down any conversation about it, which is either they don't want to admit that the policy didn't work or they got something to hide. Well, I think it's both. I mean, they, you know, they, they refuse to admit that the policy doesn't work, and they, and they clearly have something to hide. Otherwise, otherwise, they'd be transparent. You know, I mean, and as far as it goes, I mean, the entire policy on its face is nonsensical. You know, how, how is it that forcing people in ho- into hotels where they can be sexually assaulted, where they can be exposed to other people that have COVID, if the presumption is that 2% of the travelers coming back might test positive for COVID and have COVID, why are you exposing other passengers to those people in those hotels? You know, if people don't have uh, anyone at home and they're traveling with their spouse or they live alone or whatever it is, there's no reason that they shouldn't get into their own car and simply go home. And for that matter, what's the logic in forcing people into, you know, staying at certain hotels within, and now here they've extended it to as much as 20 kilometers away. But, you know, if somebody mm-hmm. says, hey, you know, I can't isolate at home because I've got my great-grandmother there, um, you know, and uh, she's got nowhere else to stay, so I'm going to stay at a hotel. 
you know, why can't it be voluntary? You know, and why can't somebody stay at a really nice hotel like the Soho downtown or, uh, you know, or, or any of the really wonderful hotels in Yorkville? Why are they being forced to stay at these airport facilities, you know, that have just been designated, um, you know, by Trudeau, you know, as and his bureaucrats as being, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, the hotels that you can use? All of this should be voluntary. There has to be a presumption that people are going to follow the rules and be responsible. You know, you can't tell me that any Canadian, you know, wants to infect anybody else and is going to be reckless about it. We're rule-following people, and the evidence is overwhelming that we do follow the rules. So this presumption that they have to be locked up in a hotel against your will for three days because you might break the rules down the line, you know, to me smacks of, you know, the minority report where you're presuming that a certain class of citizens, you know, is more likely to break a rule than another class of citizens. And that's completely unacceptable under under the rule of law in this country. Yeah, and and the Prime Minister who is going to the UK for G7 meetings, and and you can make a good argument as to why he should be there, but then you can also make an equally good argument as to why he should have to then stay at one of his own quarantine hotels, because what makes him so different? You know, they can detail and security and all the rest of it there, but why would he pose no less of a, a threat given that they have all the variants there than any other Canadian? Well, I mean, well, let's face it, I mean, there's, the, the whole variant concern, you know, is a joke. All of the variants of concern are in the United States, okay? And it's axiomatic that 100% of travelers coming into Canada by land are coming in from the United States. So all the variants are in the United States. The UK variant is now the prevailing strain of COVID in Canada. You know, it's not any more lethal than the original variant or the original version of COVID. And let's face it. We don't, well, we don't, we can't say that. We can, we know that the Indian variant and, and the UK are stronger and, and they're all here in no, this country because no, they got in through the borders. We've seen the data. It was provided by the government. They're not stronger. And, and the proof of that is the death rates are going down. So, you know, it, and there's no doubt about that. That was the sworn evidence of Canada's own witnesses. You know, the death rates are going down on a steady basis in, in this country. So to suggest that somehow or other these variants are more lethal is complete hogwash. So how does this then affect your case with your particular client? In in what sense? <clears throat> well, I mean, with them enacting... Well, no, I mean, the fact that the fact that they're uh, invoking cabinet privilege to shield documents from the court, you know, as I said, the argument we made to the court is that a strong adverse inference has to be drawn against the government with regard to any of the arguments that they've made because they haven't met their onus of justification under the Oaks test. They haven't shown to the court what it was that cabinet based its decision on, and they certainly didn't show the court, um, even with the evidence that they provided, that the um, measures that were undertaken, you know, were designed to be as minimally infringing of people's rights as possible. Because if you wanted to infringe people's rights as little as possible, which is the legal standard, the same process that applies to people arriving by land could be applied to people who arrive by air. Give them a test kit when they come in, tell them what the rules are, send them home. You know, there's no reason for people to be forced against their will to have to stay at a facility where they're going to be exposed to other people who might have COVID when they have a perfectly clean and COVID-free environment at home, you know, where they can, uh, you know, where they can, uh, uh, you know, uh, live out their isolation. The other thing that we need to also consider is why it is that 
people that are vaccinated, you know, aren't being exempted from the these, uh, the you know, the, the quarantine requirements. If you come in, yeah, that, that's a whole other, health. that's a whole other mess. I'm up against the, I'm up against the clock, Jeffrey. Sorry, I, I, I wish I could go on, but I am up against the clock. But I, I, I take your point to that because that's something that has not been addressed at all. But um, we'll stay in touch and we'll see what happens with this case and many others that are before the courts. So I appreciate your time. Oh, pleasure as always, Alex. Thank you. That is Jeffrey Arath, who is uh, got a case before the courts right now on these quarantine hotels. This 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 policy has been a mess from the get go. It makes no sense. Came in way too late, and again, there's so many loopholes that uh, you can tell they wrote it on the back of a napkin.